Welcome everyone to the 77th episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Kozella here with our buddy Nick Tartaglia. Happy yeah. New Year, man. Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas. And uh I'm jealous of your uh, beautiful life over there in, uh, in the sunshine in the sunshine state. Well, we got to get you down here to kind of take advantage of the lack of vitamin D that's up there right yeah. now. Oh, yeah, I and smile it, and I and I already get start blushing just because of how white I am. <laughs> it, so it's 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 one of those things where it's like okay, like you know, everyone's like, oh, Dan's coming down here for vacation. It's like no, I'm I'm just here to like take care of my health, you yeah, know. Exactly. And I think that's the only way to kind of go about this. But um, yeah, no, um. 2023 has been off to a great start, particularly in commodities. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a lot of movement to the upside in copper, gold, silver. Yeah, I want to put that topic on pause just briefly for a second and talk about what's happening on the crypto side, because I think the thesis that you and I have is that a lot of the crypto people are going to start moving into commodities. And I'll bring that up because I was talking to a few guys that run so-called hedge funds down here. Um, which they can, they're, they're able to do it. I mean, anybody that has capital can literally start a hedge fund, get registered with the SEC, but they're literally saying, I'm buying silver and gold now. These are guys that a year and a half ago were saying, no, Bitcoin's going to 100,000. I don't know what that means. You know what I mean? So I, I look at the chart and I was laughing. I was like, there's no way it's going to 100,000. It's got to come down first very hard. But what's essentially happened, and Nick, we talked about this last time, is the crypto contagion since the FTX fiasco really started it's going to last about three to six months. It might be a little bit longer now, mm -hmm. but things are happening really quickly. We saw what happened with Silvergate Capital last week, right? That big outflow. Was there, it was the first thought, right? It's about $8.1 billion of outflow. Yeah, exactly. That's a pretty significant amount. The stock was down 46%. We saw what happened. To me, that is a huge red flag for the crypto space because everybody who has crypto on various exchanges that are unregulated, unfortunately. We're talking like Coinbase, Binance. There's a handful of others. I think there's like 1,300, if not, uh, if not more. Um, that's very concerning because it's almost like it's going to create this liquidity crunch or a credit freeze type of environment in the crypto space. So if people are pulling their money out, they got to be going somewhere else. It's like money's coming out. Where's that money going? Where's that inflow going? We're seeing it with commodities right now. Yeah. And I don't think people in general want to stay in cash. So the people that are pulling it out, they're going, well, where, where, like in general, you're going to ask yourself, what other opportunity can I truly find in the market? Well, now people are realizing the whole question between gold and crypto and precious metals versus crypto. Well, which one's the better inflation hedge? Well, that answer seems to have been established. If you're going to compare the two, crypto definitely is not the winner on that side. So it's like, okay. Well, I'm going to go that way. And now people are a little more intrigued. If you're bringing up the two subjects, people are brushing off crypto and they're like, okay, tell me more. Well, what, what about gold? Uh, let me, I want to understand it better. There's a massive education curve that needs to happen with this younger group of people coming into the market. That's the first thing, right? Because people for the last two years have been unfortunately just fed this lie or fed this idea. I don't want to call it a lie. I'm going to backtrack that, but fed this no. idea that crypto has been an inflation hedge mm -hmm. when it clearly has not. And we've been saying this for two years. We're like, yeah. it's not, it's risk on, it's always correlated to the market. But when I you mean, the market has set everything, we didn't even, it wasn't, you didn't have to make a random assumption. You just, the market spoke for itself. It was just a matter of action. You could, you could have believed the fallacy just based on hype and perception and desire, or you could have just seen how the market behaved and be like, okay, well, 
historically it behaves a certain way so assume your thesis on that to remain the same until conditions change and provide a new uh, behavior that establishes a new thesis for crypto but it, that never played out so now we're seeing balance sheets implode on the crypto exchange sides i mean again i'm looking at silvergate's balance sheet and i'm like wait a minute they sold 5.2 billion dollars of debt securities so the question I have, and again, I'm not going to draw a conclusion on this yet, but the question I have is if these guys are writing off all this debt on their balance sheet, how many of the other crypto exchanges are doing the same thing and incurring massive losses? So yes, we're already in a recession. Layoffs are happening, right? Shouldn't be surprising to anybody at this point, right? Amazon laid off, I think, 18,000 employees. Yeah, there's, there's rumors yeah. of Jeff Bezos. Salesforce, uh, Facebook. Yeah. So all these, all these tech names, but Crypto too. I mean, like these companies are like going back to like almost zero to where they started from. Yep. Because Nobody of this, to give them money anymore. Well, there's a psychological thing now that's happened, right? In Canada, pretty fortunately, although we do have our own issues up here in Canada or wherever you're from, um, you know, everything is IROC regulated. Everything's regulated. Every crypto exchange, by the way, in Canada has to be regulated by IROC. So that actually is. You know, for us being sort of libertarian type of investors, I think that's actually a good thing for the overall industry because that actually protects people uh, in case some kind of losses happen, right? Yeah. But in the it US, depends on the perception of what it is. Because the thing is, a lot of people's per original thesis on crypto was we want crypto because it's decentralized and it's outside the, the realm of government control. Okay. Fine. But if you're going to do that, you can't play victim the moment you implode or you lose your money because you didn't do any due diligence. If you want government to regulate and be there and, and protect you from these type of fraudulent stuff, then you have to accept that the whole premise of your decentralized thesis and outside the system will never occur because you want government to be there to make sure you don't your your lack of due diligence or lack of responsibility in establishing a proper thesis in the way you go about allocating your capital well, is not just in your own hands and you have the government supporting you and that. So that's why like I I I think within this framework of what's been developing now with this, you know, FTX, Celsius, uh, Silver Bank, uh, Coinbase, a bit, uh, bit, uh, bit, bit, uh, no, BlockFi and then BitFi I think is in Canada, but Bit BlockFi, BlockFi was a big one. They filed for bankruptcy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So like within all that implosion and uh, regression, it's like, okay, government is has a massive opportunity to be the big savior in this environment so then the question okay so let me put a question to you do you see crypto do you see crypto having its uh, by, by crypto i'm not including uh bitcoin by the way i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna keep that specific one outside of this question do you think crypto will have its moment again or do you think it's permanently intertwined with the state now it's almost like we're planning our next episode here because <laughs> it's all tied in together, which is funny. Um, here's what I'll say, but I, I don't want to draw a conclusion on this yet, right? Because this is an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. And like people that have made predictions, like people that make predictions usually get, get it wrong about 95% of the time, right? But I think you just have to continue to ask questions and that kind of leads to where you think things are going to happen, right? So I think crypto, these projects these shit coins, all these NFTs that like, you know, people were buying. And I was just laughing. I just had a flashback. I was at this uh, board ape yacht party last year <laughs> in Miami. I was literally about to mention and this. I was just like, I was just like, this is like, I feel stupid being here, but this is like 
this is not sustainable. And here we but are. You heard you heard about so, the, the the fraud thing there with the uh, the creator of. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll get to that at another time, <laughs> but I, I want to answer your question. Yeah, go, go, go. Um, so crypto, I think, is kaput, mm. right? I think there's a lot of it that's just like frothy and just it's stupid. And everyone's excuse for buying crypto or buying a project was they have an exceptional management team. And my follow-up <laughs> question has always been like, okay, yeah. well, what does that mean? Like, what's yeah. the utility? And they never give you an answer. And it's all mm. these people that have just thrown hundreds of thousands of dollars, made a fortune, and then lost it all a year later. I think Bitcoin yeah. still has its place in society. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's going to stick around. We'll have to see what happens with Ethereum. Not expert to comment on that. There's been a lot of rumors that Vitalik is sort of on the same page as Binance. Mm-hmm. Not sure what that means. So again, I can't comment on that. I also had one person made a thesis about Ethereum that um, they tried to do too much with Ethereum. Little too much, and that's going to be the that's going to it's going to hurt them down the line. Now, again, I just thought of an interesting point because it's true. A lot of people talk about how oh, it's the key, it's everything runs off of Ethereum, Ethereum, this, 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 and that. But then it's like, okay, you're right. If everything starts to fall apart, well, why wouldn't that fall apart with it if everything is intertwined with Ethereum? So, just an interesting little thought. It's an interesting observation. Again, I can't comment on that, so we'll see what happens. XRP is the interesting one. Because XRP is tied to central bank digital currencies, which a lot of people who are more right-leaning are afraid of because it's like they're literally trying to make this a cashless society. So it's like, where does that have its place in the world, right? So, you know, I again, it wouldn't like, I, I don't think decentralized currencies or Bitcoin in this case is going away. But I think the perception and the idea of decentralized finance, which was the biggest sort of clout uh, message for the last two years that's been perpetrated by all these businesses who are now almost pretty much bankrupt at this case. Like, trust me, try calling a BlockFi company, uh, a DeFi, excuse me, a DeFi company on the public exchanges. They're not going to answer the phone. They're 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 finished, right? So... There's there's regulation that's coming. So the I question is so the question is it's like, all right, now we know that regulation is coming in this space. We've been let's just call it whatever it is. We've been lied to about this being a decentralized form of finance. Mm-hmm. Right. What what's the next step? Right. So it's like it goes back to like what you and I have believed in for the last like six or seven years. It's like, okay, well, if you want to be your own central bank, hold gold, hold silver. You can't go wrong with that. But now we're also seeing other countries where they're going back and they're basically saying, we're confiscating your gold, we're confiscating your silver. We're talking about like authoritarian countries that, you know, Bosnia, stuff like that. Sri Lanka, I think, is, is starting to do that. India, too. There was like an article. Again, I can't confirm or deny that, but I, I did see something where like the Indian government was going after like people's gold and silver. So it's stuff to just keep in the back of your mind. It's like, okay, is that going to happen in Canada or the US? I don't know. Because it's the only way they're going to be able to say, well, we can do this, 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 because we have enough resources to actually do this. Well, you can't do it. If the world, like there's someone who said, if Russia tomorrow said, well, we no longer, the West, we no longer accept any of your currency for our oil or natural gas. We only accept gold. The demand for gold has to implode because people can't start using the reserves. They have to start, they have to increase their liquidity to be able to start trading in gold while maintaining a reserve and an inflationary, massively indebted, Per, uh, global environment so it's uh, 
So th- there's a place Indian that we have two months in a row of record uh, reserve increase in China. We have Russia that continues. We have some places in Africa that are starting to permit the use of gold uh, for payments and to uh, back their currency to fix it. You know, you have one of the best performed currency, which was the Russian dollar because it was backed by gold. Uh, it's like you, there, there's a place for this thing. And people, there's a reason why central banks keep buying it. So people, again, ask yourself, why would they buy it? The wealthiest of the wealthiest, the the, the, the most largest uh, centralized institutions like the banks have that, but then tell you as the individual not to do it yourself. There's, there, there's a disconnect between that. We're, we're living in a crazy time. And I know this is like on repeat, but it's like, you know, we're, we're we're somewhat speculating right now, but I think you also just have to see, you, you got to be 30 moves ahead if that makes sense. Yeah, no, of course. Right? It's like chess. It's like any, it's, it's any game you have to. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to go back to this whole crypto fiasco. Um, and by the way, our thesis on that from the beginning was always, I think we were right on it, was ignore the hype stuff, focus on the infrastructure. That That's the only way you can see real fundamental value in the short to in the mid to long term right now it's the only thing is infrastructure that's what you're going to get to build on that's where the utility comes in the functionality the the connectivity everything else is just a, a rich a quick rich scheme yeah and usually when somebody is out there promoting some kind of a coin and they're like literally just like saying buy this i'm not going to name people but you know i'm sure he i'm sure he knows exactly who he is and then you tell people to buy something and it's going to be like this end all be all like get rich quick type of thing. It's probably it's probably a scam, right? So I think what needs to happen is we said this last year, like there needs to be a flush out of the entire system, at least on the crypto side, you know, and when that does happen, people are going to start realizing this whole thing was like it was a shady, a lot of shady people in this. Right. And it's going to be a reset. Now, how long this takes, it's probably going to be a while before there's trust regained back into the system. Yeah. 100%. You know, at least on the, at least on the Bitcoin side, like I, I just can't see Bitcoin going back to where it was, you know, earlier at the beginning or last year, you know, anytime soon. It's going to take two to three years, I think. Yeah. Again, it, it's just, it's just based on macro fundamentals. But I think no, in no, the means, I, I agree with that one. But I think in the meantime, like you're going to see like a lot of that outflow that's coming out into crypto is going to go into precious metals. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. When they see silver trading like a shit coin, they're going to start running into it. Now, what, what happens then? Is it another rinse and repeat cycle? Probably because there's a lot of weak market participants that don't have a fucking clue, excuse my language, about what it is that they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Their, their, their homes are built on a, a shaky infrastructure. So the moment, even if they might do something right and on the top layer, something else starts falling apart among their infrastructure and it falls, which will still affect gold or silver or other things because they didn't build anything based off of, uh, you know, strength from the beginning. You don't, it, 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 it's, you know, it's crazy watching how all this, because the thing is nobody talks about crypto anymore. It's like, it, it's gone dead silent now. There is no more crypto gurus. There's no more uh, crypto this, crypto that. Uh, there's no excitement. There's no Instagram chit chat about it. There's no one posting about it. It's just gone quiet, overnight, just silent. The space has been totally humiliated. A lot of people totally humiliated and realize like, man, I really don't know what I'm doing. 
So in a way, that's a good thing because that's yeah, actually brought it's it's actually brought people back to their feet and starting to realize that it's like it's not a get rich quick scheme. This is a long term play, you know. And it's funny. I was talking to my friend. He said, "Yeah, I lost like over you know seven hundred fifty thousand dollars all in crypto." I know somebody else who basically was up a significant amount, lost everything too, because they just didn't understand what risk management was. They didn't understand the macro fundamentals that are playing out right now. Everything is interconnected. Yeah. You know? So again, when, when you see a company like Silvergate pull out money, right? And there's outflows like that. I mean, who's next? Mm. Who's next? Is it Binance? Is it Coinbase? Let's just say I wouldn't be surprised when that does happen. I'm not making a prediction here. I'm just mm -hmm. mentally preparing myself for something that's going to happen further down the road here. Because when it does happen, it's like, okay, it's going to be a fart in the sky. Crypto is less than 1% of all the markets combined. It's not the bond market. That's another thing we'll get to in, an, in a later episode because there's a lot of stuff happening there. But it, it just blows my mind how ineffective a lot of the market participants have just said, I'm just going to do this block, like throw it in and then hope for the best. It never works. No, it's exactly never, it. Never works. It was an infant. Crypto wasn't a child. It's made a mistake. The only way you grow is by learning, making mistakes, experiencing conflict and problems. And clearly it's it was uh it was an infant that thought it was Superman. And it realized very quickly it's not it's nowhere near that stage of its life yet. So who I else? Think who else? But who else? Other than Silvergate, who else is on your watch list in terms of uh crypto little uh contagion ripple effect that might be uh, affected? Well, I just listed I just listed them. Like yeah. I think Coinbase is potentially at risk. I think Binance is potentially mm -hmm. at risk. Um BlockFi is already under. I, I kind of knew BlockFi was finished um early on just because of the way they were like I had an account there. I never put money into it, but it was just the way it was set up. Um Celius could be another one. So, sorry, Celsius could be another one. Oh, but Celsius technically is already gone. Yeah, actually, they right. already, it's true. They were actually they were before FTX. You're yeah, absolutely exactly. Right. They already they, that was during the summer. That one with uh, yeah. Moon or something, some Moon thing. I yeah, what it was. Well, Luna was the other. Yes, one. Yeah, exactly. Luna. But right now, this week, they posted about. I think there's the SEC or the federal government was is going after the co-founder of Celsius for apparently scamming investors or something like that. So uh, there's there's a bunch of people that might have actually ended up in jail beyond just uh, uh, Friedman. No, it's not it's, What's his name again? Is that from FTX? Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, Freed. I don't know why I call him Friedman. But Freed, yeah, exactly. So uh, if... It's like, how do you trust people after? Well, it's not just about the manage... I mean, the, well... It's it's weird now because you have so you had big names that supported companies that clearly didn't do any due diligence now. So it's like you have to do even more due diligence next time, and you can't even trust the big names at this the next time either. I I would also look back and just really assess how quickly some of these companies rose to fame or rose to popularity. It's just like, how is that even possible? Like FTX is a perfect case study of total bribery and corruption mm -hmm. and a fraud. I don't care what the outcome is. Like it's literally fraud. Like mm -hmm. how does a company that small early on become so big in a span of two and a half to four years, uh, three years. Yeah. And no they're counting, no records, no idea of anything. So, 
So it's one of those things where I think people are going to look back and say, what did I do during that period of chaos where I said, okay, did I learn my lesson? Did I go back and really assess, okay, is this the right vehicle that I want to put my money in? Because that's, that's how I make my investment decisions, really. I don't look at it as hype. I never have. And I don't think you have either. But this is where this 2023, Nick, is going to be the year of patience being rewarded, I think. I agree. Super patient people that have been like just ignoring the hype, watching what's happening with crypto, money flowing out. That money's going probably to commodities at this point. We just, you know, it's just a matter of time, in my opinion. We just got a $1.7 trillion passed in the US, and a portion of that is all about infrastructure and renewables. Like the money's there. Like you're going to get a supply crunch scenario, a demand crunch. Uh, it's it, it coming. You want to talk about a contagion to the upside. Commodities, the upside contagion. There's no downside. The only and there's no way the governments want recession. I, I don't no think you mean I don't think you mean upside contagion. I think like I buy a, I, yeah, I don't know if it was even the right word. I just by contagion, I just meant like uh in the sense that there's going to be chaos in the commodity ecosystem, but I, I, think, I think it's just opportunity to be quite Yeah, honest. no, no, but that's what I mean by upside, like in the sense that like the prices have to go up. And that's where the chaos is going to come because people are going to be rushing in. There's going to be a massive, uh, like the the torque on these on the on the the small cap is insane. So it's like people are going to have to come rushing in quick if they're going to want to even get advantage of a five x or ten x. Gold goes to two thousand five hundred. Like the, the small cap junior mining companies in gold, it's like it's insane the torque on their stock. So uh, it and gold has been holding freaking well the last couple months. Just, so, just so, building that base. Yeah. So I think going into the next month, month and a half, like this is where you want to be. And it's just the crypto volume is going to flow out into this sector. Um, I think that's a pretty interesting sort of analysis, but I don't think we're in a position right now to make an official comment on that quite yet. But let's just and say I, it would, it's not going to surprise us when it does happen. And I hope someone from the crypto space decide, realizes that they should figure out a way to really merge the two ecosystems so people have more flexibility with their own actual hard asset, but through digital form. And that would be cool too. If they can find a way to do that, that would be another cool thing to build an infrastructure on that. Because then I, I, I feel like merging the two ecosystems would be a value to both. It's probably it's probably happening as we speak, and that goes yeah, back no, to the to, to be, the, inf- yeah. the the infrastructure build out that we're looking at. So, yeah. um, I wanted to keep this a short episode, and I think we will just because of sort of there's a lot left to talk about going into next week. But um, the important thing right now is when you have a bank that has been experiencing outflows tied to the entire crypto ecosystem you better start paying attention to what the next move is going to be. And this is where it goes back to playing chess and not checkers. So I think we're pretty clear on this. We just think that there's going to be a boom in commodities this year. And if you're in it right now, congratulations, like just be patient. If you're not, then maybe start doing some due diligence. But again, this is not investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor if you're going to do anything. (laughs) We're just sharing our opinions with you guys. We don't get a, we don't get a letter from IROC or anything like that. (laughs) So I, I want to wrap this up real quickly. Nick, what are you invested in right now for this Honestly, year? Honestly, it hasn't really changed much. I'm still energy focused. Um, energy focused, which includes natural gas, oil, uh, some renewables. Um, 
commodities significantly, which I'll, which I'll include precious metals within that. But a baseline for commodities would be copper, silver, gold, and uranium. Those will be my four primary focused uh, as a base. Um, a little bit of telecommunication, just because there's still growth side on that. They still have some good dividends. Um, and honestly, that would be most of my base. It would be those four type of sectors. I'm gonna I'm start I'm have a little bit in like Indian ETFs, a little bit of Brazilian ETFs. Um, I have a little bit in uh what was I looking for? Which sector? I have it written all over there actually. Uh I have a little in AI because AI is there's growth, you know, it's like a high risk reward scenario for AI. REITs I'm out of, just don't trust the real estate market. Well, higher interest rates, right? Yeah, like I just, uh, it, it's on the sideline. I just don't trust it. If everything starts falling apart or in deadness, there's too much debt in the system. So like, I just don't trust REITs. Financials, banks, don't trust them. Don't want to touch them right now. Uh, I would say those are probably, the, the, the what I've listed is probably the focuses I have right now. So it sounds like you're like almost 50% in resources, commodities right Yo, now. Oh, resources is a good portion from high producers that generate good dividends to uh, <clears throat> mid-sized companies that are just focused on acquiring new mining places to become producers to junior mining and exploring companies. So I've got all three tiers. You're well diversified in that space. So if the, if the sector implodes, I mean, you're losing everything, yeah, but I think you're pretty confident it's, that it's, it's, it's going to be a good year. Yeah, I'm I'm playing the cycle right now. That's I'm playing that. I I for me the upside value on that for me is there and I'm willing to play that cycle. It's a good time to be in resources. I'm still in energy. I've trimmed a little bit just because of the amount of cash flow and the returns have just been no, exactly. ins insane. So you don't want to get too greedy in this market, but um there's going to be a period where I think energy is going to reset. Um that usually to me signals the top of the market or I should say the bottom of the market and sort of the top of the recession, but we'll have to see sort of how aggressive those rate hikes are going to happen. Right. Yeah. But and remember the rate hikes are in a face of plausible uh, military conflict increasing between South Korea, North Korea, China, Taiwan, um, possibly Iran that just were given 25 jets by Russia. Yeah, uh, it, it, it we're not in an environment where war might be getting where war might decrease or conflicts decreasing because just Russia, Ukraine. No, no, we've got other nations that are escalating and growing in their military conflict. And you have Japan that wants to spend a countless money on defense against China. It's like, and U.S. is getting themselves involved in everything. So U.S. is going to be uh, a lot of these nations are going to be like poking them. So in this environment, like the, my my point is, if I'm in a game and I'm experiencing increased conflict i do do i want to put myself in a position as a state where my access to liquidity is diminished and my access to resources diminished where do i want to be flexible and adaptable because i have more access to liquidity so rates to a certain point if the fed decides to go too crazy this is I, this is where i think we're going to show that the fed is really not independent is even though it's already established that, but it's going to do it again, is, well, the government needs to go into conflict, the war needs to spend, uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, in that environment, you can't just keep raising rates because then the government, with all the debt it has, won't even be able to service itself anymore. So the, the Fed will have to reverse just on that point itself. Here's an interesting thing that I'll just leave our listeners with. If all these layoffs are happening, but the job market is strong, what is the central bank's next move? If you have a strong job market, they have to increase rates. So you're really stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. And again, 
that whole crypto crowd, they don't understand that. And they're going to keep putting money in things that they just don't get. Cause that is the psychology of about 80% of those people, maybe 90%. They're going to be at zero next year by the end of the year. So I'll leave it at this. Like your year is either going to get better. It's either going to get worse. It's just not going to stay the same. It'll definitely That's, be more interesting. Yeah. So yeah, from our know, perspective, we, we've been on the ball of this quite frequently. So yeah. guys, thanks so much for listening. This has been a great little discussion to kind of kick off 2023 uh, as to where we think the market is going potentially. Um, I think a lot of our listeners have been pretty loyal and have seen sort of the trajectory of what we've talked about actually coming to fruition. Again, I'm going to brag here a little bit, but I think it's just the fact. I think so. we deserve it. Yeah. So, so we'll give ourselves a pat on the back for that. But um, yeah, in the meantime, guys, subscribe to our newsletter. Nick and I will be down in Vancouver mm-hmm. or up in Vancouver, I should say, uh, in uh, at the end of the month here for the Resource Investment exactly. Conference. So if you're listening to this, we'd love to see you. We'd love to meet you guys. We'll be running some workshops for Jay Martin and his team. Um, but other than that, I mean, Nick, I think it's pretty evident right now. This is actually going to be a great year if you're in the commodity space and all that crypto money uh, is going to come into the space pretty quickly, I think, at this point yeah. in time. Let's hope that, uh, well, I'm not going to say the word hope because then I feel like I'm uh, I'm being, uh, uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. But uh, I think our thesis will be rewarded. Yeah. Hopium is not a strategy, by the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's precisely it. That's why I was like, yeah, no, I don't think I should use that word. Does it doesn't <laughs> suit the, my character to yeah. say that? <laughs> or the thesis yeah, or your exactly. analysis. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Thank you very much. And until next time. We'll see you next week on the New Gen Mindset Podcast. Ciao, guys.